Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for coming back to hear a little bit more about Kicking with Evelyn. Evelyn's sessions will probably be held and aired maybe once or twice a week on a Tuesday or a Thursday. Short sessions, we're going to deal with African history, we're going to deal with international history, we're going to deal with black history, and we're going to deal with some other subjects. But just to get a taste of where we're going to go, we're going to first start off with the motherland. Our motherland, as you know, is said to be the continent of Africa, the second largest continent in the world. And I want to thank you so very much for joining us. Africa is one of the most richest continents, or was one of the most richest continents, I still believe it is, on the earth. We're going to tell you about Africa before the 15th century. We're going to tell you about Africa during the 15th century, about the kings and queens, and the invasion that occurred from several different countries like Italy, France, Portugal, Dutch, Spain, you name it, everybody wanted some of their gold. Well, we'll take it up next time. I just wanted to let you guys know that I am working on this project and I'm hoping that you will be interested in it to a further level. So give me a call at your convenience or just tune in and let me know that you're listening and that hopefully someone else will hear it as well. Have a great afternoon. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Kicking with Lynn. Today is February 28th, the last official day we celebrate Black History Month. But at this point, I would like to go along with a service I heard today where someone stated simply the truth. If Black History Month were to go away, it would mean that our history would be incorporated into the American history. I'm happy that we celebrate the month. It gives us an opportunity to tell of those brave souls who worked so diligently and hard and were terrorized to a point of death and sorrow and misery and pain for us to be here today. One thing I do know is that we, as African Americans, we are not quitters, we are fighters. Today, I would like to begin a series, as we have been doing in the past, on some of the people who really influenced our lives, at least in this case mine. I want to tell you about a senator, a historian, a pilot, a war veteran from South Carolina. His name was Robert Smalls. Robert Smalls was born in Beaufort, South Carolina, probably around April in 1839, to a slave woman named Polite and the master, Mr. Mackey. Robert was favored by the owners, and he was treated differently in a special way. And his mother realized that, and at age 12, she asked whether or not he could be sent to a nearby city called Charleston, South Carolina, to work as a laborer. His father granted permission, so Robert went to work in Charleston at a wage of $16 a week, 
but only received a salary of $1. Robert worked as a street lighter, and he worked in hotels. Having moved to Charleston, his love of the harbor and of the sea became his passion. So as time went on, around the ages of 16 or 15 or 16, he began working on the docks and in the warehouses. And when he was age 17 or so, he married one of the young ladies that worked in the hotel with him, named Hannah, and they had several children, for a total of four. Unfortunately, Robert Jr. died at age two in like 1860. In 1860, Robert had become an accomplished pilot, having learned the waters of the seas around Charleston and the Combahee and the Beaufort and in Florida and in North Carolina because his job in 1861 when the war began was to command a Confederate Navy ship carrying supplies to their local forts in the area which was in the blockade around the area where the Civil War began. Remember now, it began in Charleston, South Carolina at Fort Sumter. Robert had and sometimes provided the equipment like uh, guns and ammunitions and troops and supplies to these individual forts along the way. Well, remembering also, the war began in 1861. Robert's now living in the heart of the South. The war began in Fort Sumter, in the area 50 miles away from Beaufort, South Carolina, where he was born and raised. But by this time now, he was living and had moved to Charleston, that is, and he was living there on a regular basis. It was also at this time that Robert got the idea that freedom was bound. Having the knowledge that he did, having maneuvered back and forth from the seas, he also knew where all the Confederate mines were, because that's one of his jobs. The time when Robert decided that he was going to escape, he put a well-made plan together. Him and his crew of about eight had been maneuvering the U.S. Confederacy planter back and forth through the waters of South Carolina. His plan was to do this, and he did it. He knew the waters very well. He knew all of the checkpoints. He knew how the captain responded to all of the checkpoints. He knew how the character of the captain was, and he imitated it at every checkpoint. What happened was, Robert had went to pick up supplies one evening further down the road to bring to Charleston. While he was making that move, his crew in Charleston Harbor, they were being loaded on another ship. The three men who manned or were supposed to be guarding the planter that evening were white soldiers. They went aboard for the evening. That's when they made their move. What Robert and several others did around 3.30 in the morning they left the Charleston Harbor. What they did was they went to another area of the harbor 
and picked up the other crew members and their families because they had hidden there and that was a part of their plan. So then they got on the planter and that's when they sailed through five different checkpoints of the Confederacy forts where Robert imitated every move that the captain of the planter would have made and reached safely to the waters near Port Royal and Buford. It was early morning when they arrived. His wife, Robert's wife, that is, had brought along a dirty old sheep that was supposed to have been white. And that is what Robert had on top of the planter coming into the Buford Harbor. Robert was so nervous, but the sun was coming up that morning. And when the sun came up, <clears throat> the Union officers who had been trying so hard to identify without firing upon them, realizing that it could have been a white ship, Robert at that time yelled out, Good morning, gentlemen. I have some very valuable property for you. What Robert had confiscated and brought to the Union Army were guns, ammo, charts, codes, all for the Confederacy that allowed the operations of the Union in the Port Royal experience to succeed. Robert was hailed a hero. Keep in mind also, this is in the year 1862-1863, these events are going on. Robert Smalls went on to do many other great things after the war ended. We'll pick up with that later because instrumentally, Robert Smalls was one of the main influences in the House of Representatives under the Republican ticket that caused education, roads, health, and other valuable liberties to be brought to the state of South Carolina. I'm proud to have been a graduate of the class of 1967 from Robert Smalls. When I graduated, I did not realize the significance of who he was and who he is still in my mind because his gallant efforts at a very young age, his working with the Union Army for freedom, him being responsible for bringing education to South Carolina through the Senate Republican Party. He has instituted in us values and characterizations for truth and for justice for all that we should all Embrace, learn about, and remember their battles and their trials and their tribulations that they endured in order for us to be put in the position that we are in today. I am very thankful for Mr. Smalls for his efforts. And at this time, what I would like to do is pay him homage by quoting the alma mater from the class of 1967, and all. It reads, There Robert Smalls we honor, we pledge ourselves with loyalty. We'll love thee more as years go by, and hold your colors high so high. When from these sacred walls we steer, with all your ideals ever near, with might, foresight, we'll fight for right, and alma mater dear. Dear alma mater, friend so true, 
dear honored mother, hail to you. Forever as through life we go, your ideals we will show. We'll show through all the years, where we land, for Robert Smalls will always stand, by day, by night, for truth and for right. Thank you for listening. Our next section, hopefully, will take you further into the life of Robert Smalls. During the Reconstruction years of the country, Robert Smalls proved to be a businessman, a proud senator for the House of the Rep- a proud representative of the House of Representatives. He lived and focused and endured for many years. We'll tell you more about him, but Robert Smalls is my hero for the month of February and forever. We honor you today. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll see you next time, ladies and gentlemen, informing you on some of the most important information about how and who we are and why we are what we are today. Thank you for joining me. Bye-bye.